Welcome to Notebook, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutterman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Life is Strange True Colors, which is a game that was developed by Deck Nine, published by Square Enix, and was released in 2021 on Windows, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and on Stadia. Yeah, apparently that's still kicking. Yeah, and I think this might be the first game we've <laughs> talked about that had it on the list. I think so. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Leave a comment if uh, you know anyone who's used Stadia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors is the... <laughs> I mean, debatably the third entry in the Life is Strange franchise, mm-hmm. um, be- solely because Life is Strange before the storm was a prequel, mm-hmm. uh, even though this follows the same non-numbered naming convention and was also developed by somebody other than Don't Nod. Right. But... Uh, it does play in a similar manner to other games in the series. Uh, it is a walking around and talking to people style adventure game, uh, where the majority of your choices come in the form of dialogue options. Mm-hmm. In the telltale kind of style. Yes. And, uh, also your character has a superpower that is debatably useful. Mm-hmm. Um... Which I guess, this is probably the least directly useful power yeah. of them, uh, but I think that really plays into why this game is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Empathy, not useful. Chad Rotherman 2021. <laughs> well, I guess... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about the superpower mechanics, because there's not... That's not really the thrust of the game so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because in this game, basically, you are able to sort of like... I mean, the game sets it up as you are able to feel the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you just described it as empathy, but it is like basically an extremely heightened form of it that you can like tap into. Yeah, she's an empath. Yeah. But the game does treat it a lot like mind reading. Like, you're able to just hear what they're thinking, um, which is definitely, like, just a stopgap measure because the they cannot convey you feeling like something right uh, <laughs> uh, to the player who is not actively doing the thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it makes it, it's interesting because there are a few places in the game where it does feel like it is there as an explicit puzzle. Uh, which debatably is the weakest thematic use of it, though maybe one of the stronger gameplay uses. Uh, it It's an interesting power to center the game around because you do not have any... You are not, like, able to go up against, like, a group of armed guards because of this power you have. Which is, like, similar to situations that they would have put you in in the first two Life is Strange games. Because you had a character who could throw shit with his brain or reverse time. Right. Uh, so there were a lot of, like, scenario, like very dangerous scenarios that you could get into in those games and then cheat your way out of with superpowers. Right. 
Yeah, it, it, I feel like that sort of thing could have been used to... I mean, it does get used at the end, where a character has a gun, um, and you kind of have to, like, talk them out of shooting anybody be- mm-hmm. with your, like, reading their emotions. But, yeah, it, it does feel different. Yeah, there's more threats in the first two games more often Yeah, than in this one. Yeah, and it's... Uh, to me... It does kind of feel like they listen to our podcast on Life is Strange, too. Because <laughs> it, it seemingly corrects so many of the issues that we had with the previous games. Your character is now the one with the power again. You have a lot more time to spend with the characters and get to know them. Um, and then also, just as a bonus, and this didn't affect us in either of the previous two games... Uh, but it did also release all at the same time. Um, th- this was a; it is still in a five-act structure, mm-hmm. but it is not. They did not release them episodically. Yeah, yeah. Um, just before we quit talking about the power, I don't know if you were trying to transition the topic there or not. But um, yeah, it's definitely a lot better than what you, we got in Life is Strange Two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, and yeah, it's like a it's a much better follow up to kind of like the idea from the first one. Um, it's I feel like still not quite as good. Uh, you can still really feel that uh, missing element, like the time rewind just really fit with the kind of like dialogue tree style of uh, gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this comes close to like it's a it's a I think worthy like successor or substitute if you try we're gonna try and do something different yeah it it feels like and i think we said we've said this before the life is strange one feels like the game was designed and then the power was designed to fit the game Mm -hmm. uh and or rather like the style of game was chosen in order to fit the power that they had come up with Mm -hmm. something along those lines. There was a melding from the very beginning. The ideas informed the design. Yeah. Whereas in the sequels to the game, it does feel more like they have a base gameplay that they want the series to follow. And then they change the power each time. Yeah. Cause like we had to do something different. Right. So while I agree with you, I do think this comes the closest to having like, an effect on what your actual gameplay is. Yeah, like it affects the decisions because um, you can read pe- what people are thinking about, you know, what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. and also like you. It, this is something that I felt uh, like felt like it really lacked in the second one. You can use the power outside of those choices. Yeah, you know, you we just like walking around. You can just like read people's emotions like on the street and maybe interact with them. Etc. Etc. There's like little uh, uh, items around that you can get like a memory from, yeah. like the for the achievements, uh, like the photos in the first one. Um, I mean, it just really fits. Yeah, and yeah, and that also brings up another point where it is like the power in this game feels more malleable, like it has more of a ambiguous use. the The use of the time travel in the first game to literally go like years back in time if you like found a piece of a photograph that had like significant attachment to it Mm -hmm. you could go further back did feel like it was this big like amp up uh in this game it just feels like your ability can sort of broadly be applied to a lot of different things yeah 
Um, Which is an ambiguity that works, I think, because the game is just... The nature of the, these games are sort of like a magical realism. And it's it's easier to just say it's kind of, the rules of this are fuzzy. Yeah. It's one of the things, actually, I... I I wouldn't say I dislike, but it's one of my like lesser uh, favorite things about the game mm-hmm. is that the power doesn't really feel like it's integrated into the story all that much. Right. Um, yeah, because like as you were just bringing up, like in the first game, the time travel powers are very much like part of like what it's about. Like Max and Chloe are like trying to figure out her powers. Like there's the part where you break into like the principal's office. And you do all the time travel shit, and then you appear behind Chloe, and she's like, "How the fuck did you get in there?" Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. It's like a big part of the narrative, and yeah, like the going back through the in time through the photograph. Um, it all like builds to like the the climax, and it's like intertwined in the story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah, this one it it doesn't really have that. Um. Which it doesn't have to, right? But it it does make the power feel a little bit tacked on. Yeah. at times yeah and i i think that's gonna be a theme like if like if there is a life is strange for uh-huh most likely we're gonna have the exact same things to say unless they just bring the time travel powers back i kind of feel like they should yeah i mean it's possible yeah. it doesn't seem like it's a thing they're going to no do. i mean i feel like they've done their due diligence and explored other ideas but I feel like you can't replace it right at least they haven't yet yeah uh yeah, even in the game that is most directly tied to one, they just issued having a power at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the absolute worst case scenario is that Life is Strange 4 is Life is Strange the Avengers. <laughs> Where they it, all team up. Yeah, and it's like all of the powers are together and they explore and find the cosmic entity that's gifted them all these powers. <laughs> and then I'll cry and and not be able to to go on. That's almost so dumb <laughs> that uh, it would be awesome. Uh, um, I mean, I'll take your word for it. And or I, I mean, will take that job offer. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like it, mm-hmm. but I would love it. And you'll want some more of it. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of things I want more of, coherency on this podcast uh, <laughs> so yeah the you you have this power and the gameplay if you haven't played a life is strange game first of all shame on you <laughs> but also is this dialogue tree based thing and the way that they sort of integrate the uh the power into it in this particular one is that your ability to read somebody's thoughts can sort of like edge you toward it's more player focused i think i think there are probably a few instances that i'm just forgetting Mm -hmm. where using your power on somebody will unlock new dialogue options with them it does okay there's a handful of them yeah but for the most part it feels and this is why i really like this power in the game is it, it feels like it's more it puts more of the the decision making on the player Mm -hmm. where in the first game yes the time travel powers are great and i'm never going to say that they are not Mm -hmm. it is it allows you to make the decisions and then revert and then go back and make those decisions again until you get the outcome that you want right this feels more like a puzzle where you want to choose 
like the best option for what you want to happen. Right. And the power gives you insight as to how to make that decision. Yeah. So I don't know. I like it a lot. Um, I would put it on par with the time travel. Mm. uh, Personally, I think it is very good in the way that, games can be good that isn't what i mean to say (laughs) i agree when it comes to like the dialogue stuff i just feel like the time travel just had too many other implicate like uh yeah uses outside of that is what and i think that's what makes it shine more yeah at least in my in my book well no and i agree with that i just mean within the the mechanics of this yeah like genre of game make it gives it a little bit more of a challenge yeah. More of a reason to play it again because you can't just see all the outcomes. <laughs> that is true. I uh I've yet to play a single Life is Strange game more than once. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I've played the first one 3 times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened for me. Mhm. So, yeah, Andy, I never have time to do anything <laughs> cuz I'm too busy replaying Life is Strange 1. Right. Uh so, but this that that is a good point. It does make me sort of want to go back and and do other things. Uh, there are a few choices that I labored over in this game, and would like to go back and see what the alternatives were in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I don't like. I my brain is pushing me toward wanting to talk about the narrative of the game, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's. We should get through more before we get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one thing I think a little bit more on just like the gameplay kind of side of things is um, you have like a hub town in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, what's it called? Haven? Yeah, Haven Springs. Haven Springs. Yeah. Which it, I, I feel like there's implied to be more to the town than you get to explore, mm-hmm. but it almost feels kind of comically <laughs> small of a little community. Yeah, it's like one street. Yeah, but I do really like it, and it, it, it the visuals, I think, really get to shine a lot in this one. Uh, they've made, like, significant upgrades to the art. Yeah. Which is a way it's you don't really realize because it's been gradual, but, like, it's a pretty big difference. Yeah, and this is... <sighs> Like, debatably, they are pandering to, a bit to people who liked the first Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, because Life is Strange 1 also had sort of a central location in the form of the campus of the school that you were in. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot bigger. And there was a lot more sort of walking from place to place. And they would put stuff around. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this game, it is just sort of this one street. But I think there's a there's a density here. Um, I, do, you didn't play the DLC for this game, did you? No, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yeah, there's DLC, it's called Wavelengths, oh. and it's a prequel story where you play as Steph. Huh. Um, and in that game, you exist solely and only within the record store. Interesting. And it extremely fucking puts into, into relief how good it is to have a world to move around in mm. and have your world not be one room. Uh, th- <laughs> I don't think I would need to have that illustrated for me. But... <laughs> no, I don't think many people would. But if you feel like you do, playing Life is Strange Wavelengths would be a good way to, to figure that out. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, Haven Springs is cool. 
and I really like sort of the the existence of the hub town. But I think it is like the fact that the game seems to only ever reference things that are there. Yeah, is the is what makes it feel like it's comically small, like you said. Yeah, it it, it it's one of the it feels makes it feel a little video gamey at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like characters will like reference. They're like, "Oh yeah, I just came down from Boulder," mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, Boulder, Colorado." That isn't. That doesn't exist here. <laughs> that hasn't. Been, they didn't render Boulder. <laughs> We've got Main Street. Yeah, that's kind of it. I almost feel like would compare it to like Jackson from uh, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. It's like a very small community in the mountains that has no contact with anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it does it I feel like cuz like what they're going for with Haven Springs is this sort of like they're really going back to their roots with the Pacific Northwest town mm-hmm. in the idyllic countryside uh right around fall time or at least it gives the impression of being uh, in that I think this does game it? this game spans like a larger time period than just one season yeah but it's funny to me how much these types of like hipstery little towns always just feel like you're wearing a flannel t or like a flannel j- shirt and drinking a pumpkin m- mocha or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like an aesthetic, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, and it really embodies it by being so small. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it, like, for the most part. Um, but I, it did kind of feel like it maybe limited the game in a few places. Um, yeah, I, I would I would have liked a few more locations. Like, the part where you go to the mine mm-hmm. um, really stands out in my memory because it's not in the main town. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like having a few more uh, areas like that would have been to the game's benefit. Yeah, I think... Yeah, because you have, like, a few excursions, and one of them is awful, uh, (laughs) and it is when you fall into a hole, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you limp in the dark for a long time, uh, and I don't count that as a new, uh, location, because it is not, it's nothing, it's ground rendered in in blackness, uh, Uh, but... Yeah, going to the mine, going into the woods to some extent, even though it largely plays out in cutscene, um, and then the the sequences that take place in the past um, are, I think, are really good um, because of that. It, I think maybe having so much of the game take place in a single on a single street mm-hmm. helps those stand out more. Yeah, maybe if to spin it positively. Yeah, I mean it. It does. Um... But, yeah, I just, I feel like just adding in a few more, mm-hmm. lo- like, different locations or places you get to go to would have just made for a better, like, balance. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with that. Uh, of the locations that you do get to go to regularly in this game mm-hmm. uh, are basically a series of shops, um, and they all have, they're all sort of vehicles for individual characters with kind of the exception of the black lantern which is where everyone just kind of meets up all the time mm-hmm. um and i mean this is probably evidence that haven springs is not just one street because like i don't think that 
like Charlotte just lives in the dispensary. Right. Yeah. There is like a part of the street where you can't go down. Like there is more. Right. Uh, to it, it's just easy to forget. <laughs> yeah, and and it is kind of funny because you do. It's where a game like this thrives on sort of making you feel like you're part of the game world mm-hmm. and uh the most immersion breaking thing is when you just like walk down the street and your character goes i don't think i need to explore the rest of haven springs right now mm-hmm. it's like oh i you... can't go any further across this bridge because there's like a bag of mulch right here <laughs> yeah. but those locations do bring out a lot in the characters um which i think is what i would want to to talk about Mm -hmm. uh this game feels like it has a focus unlike life is strange 2 uh on actually developing its cast um and a lot of characters seem to have a lot more going on um i don't know if i would put it on par with the first game where Mm -hmm. i feel like people really felt like people Mm-hmm. And in this game, there are a lot more instances of things that are kind of like, I don't know, a shade too shallow for me. Yeah. No, I would agree. It it isn't quite as well fleshed out as the first one is, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But like Charlotte, Ethan, Steph, Ryan, and Jed, I think are all really well fleshed out um, in the game. I think they do a good job of at least giving them all a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The fact that they bring back the, like, cell phone social media page, I think, is a, is a big strength here. It, it does require you to be the kind of person who will go back and read all of the posts, mm-hmm. um, which I did because it put a little dot on the screen, and I couldn't tolerate that. I had well, yeah. to make sure that it was all read at all times. Um, yeah, I'm like that with everything in life. Like, it almost gives me a heart attack when I look at people's phones, and they have, like, 3,000 emails, mm-hmm. and, like, I can't stand that, <laughs> and, and, like, 12 apps that need to be updated. Any kind of red dot, yep. I have to get rid of it. You've been fully... I don't even leave tabs open in browsers. That's the thing that is wild to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it does not... I don't think it's worth the amount of time saved to just keep it open. You can just, like, type Y... It's and like... then you can go right to YouTube immediately. I don't need to keep it open. But it's, it's that's, not just, a, that's just me. It's not about <laughs> the time save. It's about you're going to forget what you were looking at. You have oh. to keep it open as a reminder. Okay. Okay, maybe that's me. Maybe we're each weird but in different ways. I don't I feel I don't think I ever leave like any business business i'm like attending to like on the internet like half finished and walk away from it uh-huh you build fewer magic the gathering decks than fair, i do fair yeah i don't really do anything like that mm-hmm. i'm like what if i need to remember the card thelio knight monk <laughs> let me give you uh i do that on my phone mm. sometimes if i was looking at a thing but it's pretty rare for me personally fair. well we... anyway yeah this, yeah. this uh <laughs> fucking tangent this mild sidebar we'll Mm -hmm. call it um yeah but it it keeps it keeps you sort of like posted on on what the characters are doing um and it is sort of like a cheap way of giving them additional like life outside of the game Mm -hmm. but it does it allows each of them to be written in their own sort of voice uh and lets them actually exist as characters even if they are 
probably more characters than they are real people. Yeah, I would even argue that I don't even wouldn't even really call it cheap. Um, I actually think it's pretty clever. Um, it, it rewards players who are, who care, and I always mm-hmm. think it's nice to if you want to flesh stuff out like that. Um, we've talked about this sort of thing before, where like having like a codec or like some kind of encyclopedia of information. Like me- we talked about this with Metroid Prime. I can get tedious to like have to read about everything yeah. and like sectioning it off to like an optional space like really works and like the theming or the presentation of like doing it as a phone and yeah. like going through old messages. It just, it really works. I think. Yeah. Also they use the text messages too. And depending on who you are, this may or may not be like more of a missed opportunity um but to me the way that i read it uh just from my own personal like understanding there it uses it to address something that hypothetically if you're thinking about the way her powers work as you're playing the game you might come up with and the game doesn't tackle it but it does put in a little bit of like an explanation there's a character who is not in the game uh, who's somebody that Alex knew prior to coming to Haven Springs, mm-hmm. who in a text message conversation is like pretty like obviously flirting with her. And then through like gaps and you get like the messages in between you, they describe basically uh, she goes to his apartment or his house uh, and they end up sleeping together and she regrets it. And the, thing that it answers is if she feels the emotions of other people like how do you have a romantic relationship or like date like casually yeah. uh because you aren't making your own decisions on how you feel um and it's that would be an incredibly heavy and complicated topic for this game to try and tackle mm-hmm. um and i'm glad that they did it the way they did it um because it does answer that question thoroughly and in the way that makes sense and is expected um but without having to actively have that be like like nobody wanted a sexual assault in this game i don't think no uh but- i do wish they would have explored the relationship dynamic more though like um you, you get to pick between two romantic interests in this mm-hmm. and i found it, you get to spend disappointingly little time with them Sure. I would say, I mean, maybe this is choice dependent, but I felt like I did spend a lot of time with Steph in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, After the funeral, uh, during that sequence in the apartment, Mm -hmm. uh, she's one of the first people that you do the, like, uh, search for objects in the room type puzzles with. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, okay, maybe that's not enough, but... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Because you do a similar thing with Ryan, but it feels really detached. Yeah, it all felt really brief to me. Like, there's like the part with the festival or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and you don't you, you get your like your little date scene, but that feels really short too. Like, <laughs> it, comparing it to like Chloe from the first one, like it it feels like you don't even spend an eighth of the amount of time with Steph or Ryan as you do with Chloe. True, but you probably spend more time with Steph or. Uh, uh, 
or Ryan than you do with Warren, <laughs> yeah. who is ostensibly the other romantic interest in the first Yeah, game. but he might as well not even Exactly, be. yeah. Yeah. So I they did more work at making them both as viable. Yeah, they definitely feel like they were given equal attention, which is much better. Yeah. Like, Life is Strange 1, for all of its successes, there being a choice as to who to romance was not one of them. Yeah, I feel like they were just trying to be inclusive. Sure. For anybody who just didn't want to romance a female character. <laughs> but it, it it's so half-assed, though. Yeah. It's not even third-assed. It's, it's not even, it's like quarter-assed. Uh, and in the second game, they made two unappealing options. Yeah, that you spend even less time with, so. <laughs> yeah. So this is a step in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, this is definitely, like, landing in the middle much closer to what would be ideal. Yeah. I, I do, and I mean, I like the characters of Steph and Ryan. Yeah, me too. But I agree, at least to some extent, that we we don't get enough time with both of them to make, like, an informed decision but maybe that isn't really what they want you to be doing anyway Mm -hmm. like the part like in the bar where you pick like who's gonna be the distraction Mm -hmm. uh for like the representative of the the mining company or whoever yeah um it's just like it cuts to the two of them and i'm like i don't fucking know who i want to pick yet (laughs) like you know like (laughs) So that one I like took like I a long pause and I was like, is this gonna lock me into one of them or is this a casual thing? Like it's making it seem really important, mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't really know either of these characters super well yet. Yeah, that was the point in the game because that happens in like chapter two. Yeah, it's early. Yeah, and. <laughs> It, it's the part in the game where I was like, oh, these are the two romantic interests yeah. for the game, and. I don't. That's kind of lame in a way. I kind of like wanted it to be ambiguous as to whether or not they were even going to do the romance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since I read that text, it was like, uh oh, maybe it's off limits this yeah. time around for good reasons. Um, but it wasn't, and it's here, and that's when they sort of introduce you to the idea of the two of them. And I, I would say that that scene is bad like not good yeah (laughs) because you like the way that it pans out is like it it's these characters you already haven't spent much time with them um and then they show up like they're the fucking a team Mm -hmm. and they're like all right what's our weird plan that we've decided to hatch while you're at work at this bar and it's just a joke. Like, they just do it as a joke, where she's like, here's my awful plan. Mm-hmm. And Ryan's like, well, I have the same awful plan. And you're supposed to be like, ha ha, and then just go along with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, like, um, tell, don't show sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts from the f- end of the first episode, and then it's just like, Oh, it's been a few months. Uh, now me and Steph and Ryan are good friends. Uh, <laughs> and then they have that scene where it's like supposed to be like they're all like buddies. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it feels forced. Yeah. And I think it's the only time in the in the game where you do something that is just so like needlessly reckless. Yeah. As going in with such a garbage plan. It also does really hinge on this one character's sexuality being entirely 
fluid up to that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is strange. I, uh, think, I mean, kind of. Uh, but I feel like that would still, as dumb of a plan as it is and as weird of a scene, I feel like that would, would still work in real life even if she was straight, if you send Steph. Because, like, it would be surprising and would probably make you go flustered and would distract you. Sure. I do feel like there should be a, maybe like an inner monologue thing. Yeah, like where well, Alex is like. Yeah, I can read her mind, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, or just like a thing for the player's benefit to be like, regardless of how bad this plan is, as long as they're distracting enough. Mm-hmm. Like, to make it seem like she was going along with it because. Like yeah, she like, knew that it would work in like the abstract. Yeah, it's like she she knows she's holding all the cards because she has a superpower mm-hmm. and she thinks she can just handle it on her own, but then just uses them as a distraction and they can do whatever they want. Yeah, kind of a thing. Yep. Where in the end, you do just kind of like do a little bit of sleight of hand. Yeah, it's kind of just like a hey look over there moment yeah. where they just pluck the the USB drive. Which is a weird plot focus for a lot of the game, is this USB drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's how they rope, note, one of the characters whose name I did not list under the feels fully fleshed uh, out. The cop? No. Oh. Um, Riley, the flower shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked Riley, though. Yeah, that, I mean, I she's fine. That w- That's like the character that I wish would have been bumped up. To the level of the others. Like, she's almost mm-hmm. there. Yep. I Yeah, I agree. Um, but the reason that she's even as close as she is is because they rope her in to this, like, flash drive scheme because oh, she's, like, I, a I was gonna computer say whiz. Because of the Alzheimer's uh, uh, adopted grandma But put this relationship down under reasons that I should play the game again. Uh-huh. That didn't go fucking anywhere for me. <laughs> Uh, evidently there's a scene where you can find her at the festival before she, like, leaves Uh for college and either tell her or not tell her. Yeah, I missed that, too. Yeah, and so after the third episode, barely even in the third episode, so after episode two and one conversation in the third, I never saw her again. She was just gone from the game. Yeah, it was a similar thing for me. I just, I found their dynamic intriguing and wanted to see more of it mm-hmm. is all is all I'm all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that that to me that is why she doesn't feel full. Yeah, oh yeah. Out. No, I agree. <laughs> because she vanished. <laughs> right. But I feel like you can get a sense that maybe there's more mm-hmm. in there that you just missed. Maybe wavelengths should have focused on <laughs> Riley. Who knows? I mean, if I was going to pick a character, <laughs> that might have been it. Or mm-hmm. the um what's her name? Uh your dead brother's girlfriend. Oh, Ethan's Charlotte. Mom. Charlotte, yeah. yeah. But anyway. And also Gabe is the dead brother. Gabe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely should have refreshed on these names. We really should have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that does not continue to be a recurring point that we make. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So how do you feel? Right now, Andy? Oh, that's pretty good. All right, that's yeah. great. Um, Temperature is pretty nice. Hopefully yeah. I, this won't be bringing you down too much. Uh, because how do you feel about this game's... Because all the games have them. Mm-hmm. This game's 
sudden tragic heartbreaking moment mm. of Gabe being crushed by a boulder. Uh, I mean, I definitely didn't see it coming, so I guess it worked as, like, a shocking twist. Apparently, it was actually part of the marketing. Like, they spoiled that. Oh, wow. Um, but I did not watch any trailers, so Same. it was a surprise for me. Um, but I ended up feeling like it felt like a missed opportunity. Um, I really liked their relationship. I like Gabe as a character. Like, I felt like they were separated foster children, mm-hmm. or separated siblings, who were in different uh, foster care, yeah. uh, reconnecting. And I thought there was a lot of interesting material there and kind of feel like I would have liked the game to have focused on their relationship and kept him alive. Yeah, or at least given him more time. Yeah, because like it's, it ends up feeling kind of weird. Yeah, oh yeah, do it later in the game. That would also probably uh work as well yeah but it felt kind of weird like tonally to me where it's just kind of like gabe dies and you basically just become new gabe <laughs> like you just ad- <laughs> adopt all of his friends uh-huh. and basically take his place in the community and his job like and his he's job. a bartender it's, and his apartment it's really weird <laughs> and you're kind of ethan's dad yeah you definitely do just sort of like usurp gabe as a new person in the community. Yeah, it's 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 strange. Life is strange. Life is strange. Um, but yeah, like I, I would think about it every now and then. But sitting here talking about it, it's even weirder than I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I thought I, God, I just agree so much. My least favorite thing about Life is Strange Two, a game that I didn't like a lot of things in, uh-huh. was that. They made it so incredibly obvious that the dad was going to uh, be killed or was going to be removed from the story yep. in some way. His life force was marked for termination. It absolutely was. And it happens instantly. Like, there's no time that you get to spend with this character before they get killed. And the thing that's cool about the first game... God, I hate... We have three episodes in the series, and all of them are just fucking odes to Life is Strange 1. Yep. Is... You play this game as a real-life relationship simulation game, essentially, Mm -hmm. with time travel powers for three chapters, and then there's, like, a big mystery that really sets in. There's, like, a little bit of it sprinkled across all of them, but you don't... It's not the plot until late in the game, uh, and it feels very natural, like it comes up. And this game wants to get into that conspiracy really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so Gabe gets killed in it. I'm going to say it, and it's people are going to be mad at me. Kind of a funny way. Because <laughs> it's not that dying in the woods is funny, but like the way that it's set up, it feels like a comedy shot to some extent. You like look over and Gabe like basically gives you a thumbs up before a boulder comes from off screen and knocks him into a pit. <laughs> like it's really fast and kind of goofy. Especially in a video game context with a character who you don't have a lot of setup with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost thought that he was going to just be, like, hanging from the the rope, dangling yeah. off of the cliff. Ryan and then cuts it, though. Yeah. And I thought he was just going to climb back up mm-hmm. and be like, whoa. Yeah, it does <laughs> kind of seem like it, everything is okay for a second. Mm-hmm. And then it just very much is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... I, 
I went off. I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> uh, but it, it sets up the story of the game to be more about this, like, the accident was set up to cover up a second explosion, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, we'll get to the actual plot later. Yeah, I think it could have worked better if they would have, like, spun it more in a way that, like, Alex and friends were, like, really obsessed with solving this conspiracy as, like, a coping mechanism. Right. But it kind of just seems like everyone just forgets about Gabe, because they have new Gabe. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. A.K.A. Alex. Um, and, I mean, they, they do bring it up sometimes, but I feel like that would, focusing in on that would have made it work a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... Part of why I like this game more than two and why I think it is in competition with one is because it does spend more time with the characters. Mm -hmm. And it is just like this background detail for a long time, this whole lining conspiracy. But they jump into it so fast. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with that. Um, I think my actual like least favorite thing about this game um, is the story pacing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. like, I, I think I said this exact same thing about the second one. And while this one is much better than the second one, it is still worse at it than the first. Um, but this game's just as long as the first one. Like, the, about the same length, but it feels like half as much stuff happens in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, there's something about, yeah, like you were talking about, like that slow buildup of just kind of like living Max's life. Um, and getting to, like, know her routine, like, her friends, like, th- that she spends the night at Chloe's house and, you know, and she wakes up to a text message from her mom in the morning who seems like she doesn't have a great relationship with them. And I was like, I feel like I could tell you so much about Max. Right. Um, and anyway, yeah, you really get to live that life with her. And then the supernatural stuff, like becomes more prevalent as yeah, it goes like kicks into it to like gear. lay the groundwork first like lay the the, the steady foundation for the house <laughs> uh and that's something yeah both the second and third one did was they just kind of raced to the supernatural elements like too quickly mm-hmm. they were those houses that you just like load onto a truck and put somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... they're they're a real like uh edith finch house <laughs> they built yeah there was already a house there and they just kept building on more top onto of it. it uh <laughs> yeah i uh, i feel like pacing is actually uh, probably a good way of, of thinking about it because to, to me as somebody who was liking the game as i was playing through it i was very comfortable ignoring all of the plot basically uh-huh. i was like oh yeah let me if i can have this great conversation and stuff i said to you on multiple occasions before you played the game and before i got to the part in the game where this became a funny statement is that i was on team jed i was like <laughs> jed is great and is the best character and i mm. love jed and then in the end you he turns out he's not a very lovable guy yeah uh and man, did that fucking take me by surprise. And I was like, wow, because I spent all that time with Jed and felt like I really got to understand him. And that was great. And then there were probably tons of hints 
about because of his like time in the mine and like the what are they called like the hell riders or something something like that hell divers Divers. that's it because they dive into caves yes um and all of that that like could have led me into the oh this is somehow also part of that conspiracy that i've been ignoring Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was like i was trying to force the game to have more of that alone time (laughs) that i wanted so badly yeah so (laughs) we have attempted over the first 40 minutes of this podcast Uh to emulate the slow pace build up to the grand schemes uh that was present in the first life is strange game that we hark back to so very often Mm -hmm. so do you want to take a break and then go into episode two where we talk about the plot of the game after the break. After the break. <laughs> Welcome back. We're going to talk about the plot now. Uh, <laughs> we sort of like danced around certain elements of it mm-hmm. uh this is definitely big spoilers mode um, oh yeah so when you get get to this point in the podcast if you still haven't played the game yeah also the, probably the first two games as well yeah we'll probably talk about those as if you've played them as well so right well we'll most likely go in the first game blah 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 here are the things that we liked about the first game and it's a big spoiler and you should play it Mm -hmm. and then the second game sucked and then (laughs) here's how it happened in this game uh that's take those cheap shots that's well that's my (laughs) prediction for how the conversation Ah, sure yeah i'm just saying uh just in case we Mm -hmm. might there might be some spoilers for the other two yeah um so yeah the the game centers around this accident that we talked about in the first chapter of the game where your brother Gabe is crushed by a big boulder and knocked off of a cliff. And the the question is, did the mining company, Typhon Mining, have something to do... Can you tell... I looked up the name of the company over the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> have anything to do with the death? Were they being negligent? Yeah, and you have, like, the shitty boyfriend um, who you had a, uh, a entanglement with earlier. Uh, yeah. You, you beat him up. Mac um, is Mac. his name. Yeah. Uh, and there is some speculation that he is responsible because he's the one who received the call that there were going to be people up there. Um, and to call off the, uh, the uh, postpone the demolition or whatever you want to call it, the explosion yeah whatever they're doing mountaintop (laughs) removal controlled demolition there's like there's like a a flyer that you can read like basically the second you get control of your character um that's not actually true because there's a sequence in the flower shop first but Mm. there's a a point early very early in the game where you can read a flyer that talks about the planned demolition uh, and so you you can you can actually be aware of it, and I was before Ethan tells you that he's gonna go into the mines. Mm. But I don't think that the game assumes that you will know. Yeah, I 
don't think I internalized it. I'm pretty sure I read that flyer, but did not think of it when Ethan brought it up. Right. I was like, where's the option to say you'll die in an explosion if you do that? Yeah. Uh, and so the the sort of like animating thing that cre- that puts the story into motion is you going after Ethan. And I thought that that was all really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really liked... Um... It, it's a simple little thing, but like, have, like having to use the comic book to figure yeah. out like where he went mm-hmm. is a nice detail. It's a signpost because like we'll big up the first game forever and ever. Yeah. Um, but it really didn't have a lot of like abstract puzzle solving. It was no. a lot. Of, a lot of the puzzles were very heavily based in your time travel mechanic. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of like figure something out yeah. and then go back and change yeah. the course of it. Drop the paint bucket on that bitch, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was abstract in kind of the bad way, where it was hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, but in in this game, there's a lot more uh, sort of like nuance to the puzzle solving, and that is, is the signpost for it. Where you're like, oh, like I have to use the the you know the the whatever the comic book pages to like line up with this area because Ethan just drew what he saw mm-hmm. um and it's interesting like it it's cool and the payoff is pretty good uh because you do get like th- that the what is it Thanor the comic book character that sounds right yeah like the that is like a continual thing throughout the game where he'll like drop a new issue and you can read them in the record store um so there's there's it gives character to the to Ethan yeah. and to Gabe, um, and not so much to Charlotte, no. who does not get involved in their son's imminent peril. Uh, I'm sure that they just didn't want her to be there in the scene. Yeah, but it does make her look pretty bad. <laughs> uh, she had to man her drug paraphernalia at store. Yeah, <laughs> so. It, it, I think this like opening sequence is really good, um, even though I do think that the plot ends up kicking off a little bit too quickly. Yeah, but I, I think just as an isolated episode, it actually has really good pacing. Yeah. Because you get to like the whole setup of like exploring the town and learning the ropes and then things escalate. Like it's got a nice feel to it, the first episode does. Yeah. And you get an introduction to Alex's powers in this episode through... A combination of the first time with Mac where you, uh, like, absorb his anger. Did that scene feel kind of weird to you? Weird, Especially... like, forced? No, but, like, it felt like it was setting up. It made me think the powers gonna were going to work different than they end up. Okay. The fact, like, she takes his, his anger and then is so consumed by that that she beats him up. Right. Because he was going to beat up her brother. Mm-hmm. Like it just it made it seem like that sort of thing was going to be more significant, like, like the taking people's emotions and having to learn how to control it. Right. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I I also thought that it set up for it to you to be more um, I don't know, influenceable. Yeah. Than than you end up being like you have a lot more control over it than I think that sequence implies. Yeah. It just, it made me think that it was just going to work different in a way that like stood out to me as kind of weird. Yeah. And it does sort of all play out in a cutscene. Like, I think that you have like one or two sort of token options. Yeah. Like that. the part with Charlotte 
mm-hmm. I think is a much better introduction where it's like actually has you like observe her being mad and then do it through gameplay where you take her power. You can make the choice to do it. Right. Um, that felt like it recontextualized it much better, but that's like two episodes later. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird how it's introduced. Yeah. That is the time travel in a photo moment of this game kind of yeah where because it introduces this thing that ends up getting used about like god i want to say only one other time uh Mm -hmm. because you can take the fear from right uh, what's his name yeah Uh, the cop guy Mm -hmm. uh uh, so i don't know it's i i agree with you i think like it it was strange and it did life was strange and Mm -hmm. it did make me feel like like in the very next sequence where you're tending the bar uh after whatever the that fight happens mm-hmm. it makes it made me not want to go close to mac in case like i caught whatever emotion it was he was feeling yeah um and i guess that was a good instinct because when you get close to mac it does immediately start a, a cut scene where riley shows up at the bar yeah and like like you were bringing up earlier with like the the romantic feelings thing like it does make it feel weird that there isn't like a flirty scene where you like just like catch some of like the other person's like lust or love mm-hmm. and then you just start making out with them right yeah you know or like you know apply it to other emotions it doesn't really happen like that yeah and i do feel like that is a writing thing like they wanted to make it not happen all the time because yeah. it would be really hard to but it, like, it shows that could it happen like, more though or like you start crying because right. someone else is sad mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah and it, it they do it in like the lightest way where there's just sort of like occasionally a moment where it'll happen when it's important um, yeah but i think i think the ethan fear section though oh um, yeah that's really good you yeah. see the you see the monster yes uh, though I will say that I thought that maybe there was just like a snake, mm. like, cause he was it's like, he animal. didn't want to move. And it was like, oh, maybe cause Ethan knows that if he makes a sudden movement, maybe the animal will attack him. But Alex doesn't know that and probably doesn't have a lot of experience with snakes or doesn't see it. Yeah. And doesn't see the snake. And I thought that was going to be the resolution of that sequence. But then there was a big cavern spawning, <laughs> spanning, big monster face. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Like, that actually is a good point or, like, a good thing to highlight is her relationship to Ethan because he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the whole third episode, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, at length in a little bit. But, sure uh it, it's the, the, the LARPing part where you do, like, a whole RPG thing. Um, it, it's through, like, Ethan's eyes. And at the end, once you get him fully into it and you cheer him up, it, like, it completely changes the world to, like, an actual fantasy world because you see it how he does. Right. So having her, like... I'm, like, getting chills thinking about how good that sequence yeah, was. But, uh, like, that would have been, a I think, a good thing to focus in on more as well is, like, her relationship to ethan and how he sees the world and that how she can visualize it because of her powers like you could have done a lot more with that yeah ethan feels like such an important character especially early in the game yeah because you are like you're sort of kind of not by law his like aunt and so because of this like you have this connection to ethan and also you have this empathy power 
Um, and so you're dealing with a kid who is, like, just old enough to start really understanding the more, like, dour parts of the world and life and death and everything around those. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play it up. Like, in the at the beginning, like, you have this whole sequence with Charlotte where she's like, do I sign this paper? And then you do have that moment that you talked about with Charlotte's, like, rage. Um, and you, also you get a nice little fantasy moment in there as she's, like, smashing the... Uh, shit into the block of marble and the and the faces are coming out of it mm-hmm. uh and it's it's this like heightened reality yeah um and but then sometimes that heightened reality is just you punch mac in the face a bunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just it feels like a little bit of missed potential mm-hmm. um yeah like as you mentioned it, it can happen with other characters too it doesn't just have to be through the lens of like a child mm-hmm. um but yeah like exploring like it would have been nice to see a little bit of each character's psyche in that way mm-hmm. i wish this was psychonauts 3 yeah i mean yeah psychonauts <laughs> is the perfect comparison yeah um but like much more like realistic uh-huh because it's just yeah like a like a supernatural kind of world yeah it's a, yeah, because you have the power. It's not like it is. You have the power. I could like smell that happening. Mm-hmm. You was... could, like, I was reaching for my drink, and I was like a dog. I was like, <laughs> I, got, oh, I, can, I can make a He-Man joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you you do have this power, and so you don't have to exist purely in the realm of reality. Mm-hmm. You can put in these little fantasy moments, and I think they do get more ambitious with this kind of thing as it goes on. But then there are moments that are like really calling for it that and don't. just don't get it mm-hmm. like can you imagine if when you took the fear from the police officer it like you saw him like standing there like in like the orange yeah. jumpsuit you could do, like, with handcuffs yeah, you could or do something. like uh, arkham asylum mm-hmm. scarecrow stuff yeah it, or, like, it doesn't have to be very long um, just like a brief snapshot yeah, or like with eleanor um you could like experience like her like fear at forgetting things mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah it just feels like there's a lot a lot on like potential with that yeah but ethan being a kid and being the yeah it's like the one, best yeah yeah and i guess okay and I'll they s- realize that because that's the one that they they do it the most with right but yeah let's if i spin this in a if i was the pr representative for uh-huh. fucking uh deck nine you do also get that fantasy sort of visuals with charlotte who is an artist right so it's like the people who have a really evocative artistic mind are the people that you get the mm-hmm. the really uh loud scenes with right i don't know i <laughs> would have steph... liked to have seen more just for yeah. the fun of it steph really. is also a musician so she's creative as well that's a good point yep uh but nope just foosball <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's the first episode, and I did I liked the first episode well enough that I was like, we we just have to do this oh, on the podcast. Yeah. As <laughs> long as it wasn't bad, like we were gonna do it. There was a thought though. We were like, it might be bad. Oh yeah, I was like Mister Cynical mm-hmm. about this game. I was like, two was not my thing, but it sold real well and reviewed well, so they have no reason to change like their approach. But they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we are talking about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and th- and that's that's that. The end. The end. Um, that's it. 
what happens in episode two is a lot more of the the character building that we'd been talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, we do get into the into the conspiracy very quickly. Um, you even get uh, a sort of uh, like fantasy style scene uh, during the Max paranoia bit. Because, like, you're walking around and you see people staring at you. Oh, yeah. And you see, like, the cameras everywhere mm-hmm. that probably don't exist. Or uh, if they do, they probably aren't pointed at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you go through this whole thing. I want to... This is... I'm not going to, like, list off the statistics of all of the choices. Uh-huh. Um, but this was one of the ones that I found most amusing. Is that, like, according to my shit... Like, 96% of people talked Mac down uh, in that sequence. Uh, there's a part in which the character Mac is, like, having a breakdown. And the game... Because yeah, he feels responsible, or pre- he's been uh, being told to keep everything hush. Right. By Typhon, which sort yeah. of is, like, the... This is... it. This is a very, like, litigious plot, to some extent, where the game is, like, can we take legal action against Typhon, mm-hmm. um, which once again is kind of a weird thing, but um, <laughs> it is it is this, uh, that's the thing that you're like, oh, okay, well, Mac basically confirmed that they are at fault, so we're going to move forward with this. Um, <laughs> but the game also just gives you the option to walk the fuck away from Mac and just <laughs> let him suffer, and I'm... <laughs> Like, I guess it's good that only 4% of people were like, yeah, fuck you, Mac, (laughs) you piece of shit. But it's rare that I ever see anything in these games that is, like, that unanimous. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised as well, because I feel like people, like, are suckers for that kind of stuff. Like, or not, that's a bad way of putting it, but, like, (laughs) that's an easy way, I think, to, like, get under a person's skin is to like make them feel betrayed or like like somebody is like against them mm-hmm. like that usually like is really effective and people being just like fuck mac i hate him he sucks <laughs> like I, i'm surprised it's that few people mm-hmm. just walked away yeah i think maybe it's the construction of the scene like yeah, i don't I, really remember it i but... felt pretty bad for him yeah <laughs> so um but yeah, and, and I know that in, in my playthrough, Mac and Riley broke up. I don't know if there's a way to prevent that or if yeah. you would want to. <laughs> they didn't in mine yeah. um, because it, it's so early in the game and it's like you come down after you beat him up. <laughs> and so I felt a little bit bad about that, even though it wasn't my choice to do that. Right. Uh, but and they, they're having like their argument and everything. And I'm like, and he asks you not to interfere and so I just didn't because I'm like, I don't know these people at all. And if you don't say anything, then they just stay together. Right. So I kind of regretted that. But I mean, you took the tank that I they, did. I was trying to think of it like real life. Like right. I wouldn't say anything probably in real life. Yeah. But I would keep tabs on it. <laughs> and if he got abusive, then I would probably call the cops. But... Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cop in this game does not seem to be very like, uh, he's... There's like there's a spectrum of cops, and it's like the one that gets talked about is the cops who do too much. Yeah, they're too violent. Whatever. He's like a donut eating cop. Yeah, he's he's the cop from The Simpsons. 
<laughs> and just does nothing. Mm-hmm. He just sits around. Uh, and everyone who he's ever caught committing a crime, mm-hmm. his punishment is he just plays like a prank on them. <laughs> yeah, he's like a weed-smoking cop. Yeah. Basically. Uh, which I guess was their tr- attempt to make a, like a cool cop. Yeah, in, in, just... in 2021. Yeah. yeah. But he does just feel like kind of a do-nothing loser uh, more than anything else. Um, I'm not even going to bother looking up his name. Get fucked, this guy. <laughs> A cab. All cops are boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've lost the plot fully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what what were the major decisions in the second episode. It was the the second episode is the one where you pick between Ryan and Steph for the. Um, to the get distraction. The drive, yeah. Other than that, I think that's like the main one for two. Mm-hmm. But I, there might be something else. Yeah, because in the second episode is also where. Oh, is it to like? No, it's something about the flash drive. I think there's another decision. Oh, because is it in the second episode where? No, it wouldn't have been. I'm lost. Mm-hmm. Help! Throw me a lifesaver. Uh, is that the one where you can absorb Charlotte's anger? Is that the second episode? I think that's at the end of three. Mm. That happens after? I thought, like, all of episode three was the LARPing thing. Yeah, but then I think afterward you go see Charlotte. Uh, that, no, I think you are right. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember thinking episode three was really long. Yeah. Uh, so, never mind. Yep. Um, I know it is the episode where you have the foosball sequence with, right. uh, with Steph and the... The Gabe ran over a goose one time, oh, and yeah, Ryan the... finds it the funniest thing in the whole world. Yeah, the uh, cheering up Ryan sequence, yeah. Yeah. I think this is another reason, and we can take this moment here as a sidebar to actually talk about the relationship decision. Yeah. Um, it doesn't technically happen until the fourth episode, but you get introduced to these characters. Yeah, this is where they, like, signpost it. Yeah, by giving each of them a, a scene. And in the scene in episode two for Steph, you get this, like, moment in Gabe's apartment, uh, which is now your apartment, because now you're Gabe. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you go around and you can just, like, look at all of the objects and see a memory that is tied in some way to Steph, because they spent a lot of time together. Um, and the goal in the scene is to help you understand Steph's, uh, like, grief. Yeah. But... What it actually does is make you feel very tied to Steph. You're like, oh, shit. And she's a recurring character. If mm-hmm. She was in uh, Before the Storm, uh, which is deck, or, uh, yeah, deck Nine. I was going to say, like, Duck Nine or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was Deck Nine's previous, like, uh, game that they worked on in the series. Yeah. Um, so they brought Steph back. And so you know Steph debatably you probably know Steph if you're playing the third life is strange game mm-hmm. uh and you get all of these sequences that seem like real interactions and then you get ryan's <laughs> bizarre duck prank where he run where he, <laughs> it's a story about how one time they were driving at night and gabe ran over an animal mm-hmm. and then ryan tried to convince him that he was going to be like fucking committed for a million years for killing this endangered species and so he goes to the extent of burying the animal which is funny 
but also would no but how would this ever play out like what it does is it makes ryan seem like a psychopath (laughs) it is weird like why would you go to this length to make your friend feel like they're gonna get arrested it doesn't make him seem charming at all (laughs) um but that's one thing at least on pc anyway i don't know if they break up the statistics by platform Mm. Um, but like, I feel like the relationship split is like 60 some to 40 some, which is a much more even split than I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, but I am a heterosexual male. So, uh, but I just thought Ryan was so boring. Yeah. Uh, and I said to you yesterday, like I could play this game 10,000 times (laughs) and I'm pretty sure I would just pick Steph every single one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. But so, but if you're attracted to men, I'd like to know, like, if you were into Ryan and why. Right. Or even if you just, like, because I guess you can just, re- like, way more so than you can with Max. And also way more so than you can with, um, uh-oh. Sean. Sean. Uh, I feel like they pushed more in those games it's really obvious in the first game that they want you to go with chloe yeah and in the second game i don't know if they wanted you to do anything uh (laughs) the the female love interest is definitely more highlighted yeah well and they also make the male love interest like like secret (laughs) yeah and also like he's a weird scummy piece of shit yeah um in this game it does feel like they actually gave uh, like kind of a choice yeah no i feel like he's ryan is more appealing than i i would like to give him credit for uh-huh. but um we yeah coming down to those statistics yeah like it does feel like they're both given the same amount of time yeah and i think that like looking back at previous experiences you can read alex as straight uh pretty easily i think mm-hmm. there's there isn't uh the example that i gave is a poor one um for this instance because like the character uh, who only exists through text messages is uh, is male, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. That doesn't imply that she actually was interested in him. Um, but I think I think you could read her as straight or gay or bi mm-hmm. um, in pretty much all of the interactions that they have. Whereas like you spend so much time with Chloe in the yeah. first game that it would be hard to in order for them to even insert romance of any kind into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be hard to be like. Uh, this one exists, but like you could totally read this as platonic. It's like maybe not so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, and I feel like it. Maybe it's just um, like a placebo or something, or like something I'm primed to think. But like I think they do like, a good job, at least with Max and Alex, of like making them come off as like bisexual to me, or like gender, uh, not gender fluid, but uh, uh, their sexuality fluid. Sure. Um. Cause like yeah, I think either way, like I think I could see Max with a with a guy or a girl, and mm-hmm. same thing with Alex, and it feel like it would make sense. Yeah. Um, Sh- Sean just came off as straight to me, but sure. um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I just think they do a good job of like being inclusive in that way, and I think in in Life is Strange one you get to pick in like a more obscure mechanical way, like which bathroom you choose to go through when you break into the pool, I think oh, can right. lock off different romances. That's weird. Yeah. Cause if you trace to go to the girl's room, I think it, it, it leaves the relationship with Chloe open. Mm. And if you go into the men's restroom, it will block it off. But I think it's also influenced by a couple of other uh, things that you say as well. 
That's interesting. I don't yeah. think I ever knew that. Yeah. Well, if you play the game three times. <laughs> that is true, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that is that is sort of like the thrust of, of Chapter 2. Like, the what's happening in-game is sort of about the aftermath of Gabe's death. Yeah. Um, there's like a funeral sequence, which is a really well-acted scene, I feel. Um, it's, it's really hard to create like a narrative scene in a game like this where people have to pause for you to respond to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we talked about this on Oxenfree. Um, if you play, if you haven't played that game, um, they have this like dialogue system. It was like the big selling point of the game, at least from what I (laughs) was told when I heard about it, Uh um, that you, like the dialogue goes on and on and on, and then if you interrupt it with your response, they'll try and respond naturally, and then, uh, like they'll pick up where they left off in their previous sentence, and that kind of a thing. And the result always just felt like everyone was sort of talking over each other in a mm-hmm. weird way, and uh, you were afraid to do it because yeah. sometimes they wouldn't finish their sentence. Yeah, so you get like really bogged down in like this other layer of decision making of like it's when like a do meta I... element yeah like yeah. wait as long as i can <laughs> and try not to accidentally miss the the like window yeah yeah uh this game I, they do a good job of keeping alex out of a conversation she doesn't need to be in um like by just having you listen to it yeah and that sequence where she's sort of like standing by the stairs uh and everyone is like fighting um is I felt it was really powerful, and I thought they did a good job of, like, even though Mac feels like a one-note character who is just a thorn in the side <laughs> of everybody that he's around, mm-hmm. uh, of, like, creating a sense of intrigue uh, and, like, infighting at this, like, really inappropriate moment, uh, it just did, it just worked really well, and it leads into the scene with Steph. Um, it's just, I don't know, I really liked that bit, like, at the wake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it leads to, I think, one of the saddest parts of the game, um, where when you go and you talk to Eleanor, mm-hmm. um, you'll find out that she just forgot about the the funeral and missed it, and she's, like, really upset. Yeah. Like, it's, like, really sad. It sure is. I Do you have to succeed in that little mini game? of like putting the stuff in order Mm. in order for her to remember that like can you fail and have it ever not remember i don't know i don't know if you could fail that it's possible that you can't fail yeah Yeah. because i don't think you have like a time limit or anything no probably not um not sure. I do know that you can intentionally withhold the information from yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told her, though. Same. I, I think a lot of players told yeah, her, it's if like I remember. Most, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's definitely... It's interesting, and that does work really well as sort of this, like, sad moment. Uh, more so than Gabe's actual death. Uh, yeah. Which is bizarre. Which just kind of swept under the rug a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, Google gobble, Google gobble, new game, new game. <laughs> it, the town, the actual narrative is that the whole town is a cult, mm. and they, uh, uh, Gabe lost a lottery. It's like the monsters are due on Maple Street, and they killed Gabe and replaced him with Alex. Oh my, yep, he was the sacrifice for the month. 
the true reason why he asked Alex to come live there and why he just straight oh, up gave her the apartment. He was going to try and, and use her to take his place. Exactly, yeah. If he didn't complete his blood ritual fast enough. <laughs> the monster that you saw in the crevasse was, was real. real. <laughs> <sighs> All right, we solved it. We did. Um, and that's why the third episode is so happy-go-lucky and nothing happens. Uh, so haters are going to say that episode three was filler and fuck the haters. Uh, episode three is glorious. I don't know why you feel that way. You don't think that it is as glorious as I No, am? I don't know why you feel like people won't like it. Oh, that's the right take. Because I, I, I feel like it's exactly the kind of thing that like the audience for these games would love. That's probably true. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, general audiences. Mm. You get this, like, first sequence with major character death, second sequence setting up this conspiracy, and then the full third episode is, like, 90% LARPing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, with, with one break for an actual, like, story moment. Uh, and But, I God, I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, there's the dude... Who's like standing out? He's like the blacksmith or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And when you read his mind, he's like genuinely, really angry that nobody wants blacksmithing. <laughs> like he's like people don't appreciate blacksmiths. Like he's just so into the character. Yep. And I laughed like out loud. Really, I did mm -hmm. at, about this when I saw it. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. Not that, I mean, that joke is so funny, but the whole setup is so good. Yeah. I can't even yeah. describe it. Deck Nine wants you to know that they're big nerds, <laughs> because they had the D&D &D sequence in, the, in uh, Before the Storm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really cool, actually. Um, they they do, you set up this whole LARPing, the whole town-wide, because the town is one street, um, <laughs> thing, and it's for Ethan, um, to like cheer him up because his dad is dead, right? And um, so yeah, and, and you're like his partner. You're a bard because Alex plays the guitar, and you go around with him, and you go to all these different places, and you get these little like scrolls and little items, and you do little quests. And it's 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 really it's well done, and you have like a little RPG, like simple RPG turn-based battle system thing that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very charming. Yeah, it's and the the RPG battle system is very simple, um, and the scrolls are comically overpowered. For... Yeah, I didn't I I didn't use them till the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like why would I use this yeah, here? Yeah, like I, I I was wise and took the uh, heal spell, so like I was never in in any trouble, <laughs> no danger whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They also, and this is in true D and D fashion, give you uh, like an alternate way to get out of combat in like ninety percent of the situations where it would occur. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the order I did things made it so I didn't get to take advantage of most of that stuff. Right, but... I'm pretty sure that I got it to take advantage of all of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't find the hint guy until after I'd done like everything. Um... So he was like, "Oh, the." price for the troll is four coins or whatever i'm like oh God, i already killed the troll but thanks right. dude <laughs> well i thought you know i didn't go to the bar to last like i walked right past it and didn't even notice uh so yeah i did things in a, probably a weird order yeah you basically did them in reverse because yeah. like i did bar i did talk to tip guy did bar first yeah then came back out like a zigzag pattern mm -hmm. um 
But I mean, I don't think it matters. It just works no, I really just, well. It just felt like funny mm-hmm. to like go back through and be like, oh, there's like a bunch of stuff that I just didn't. Like, I think the first thing I did was kill the river monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Classic river monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that Ryan played all the monsters. Yeah. That was actually, that's charming. I, I'm into him for that. Yeah. He gets points. You also lo- I like, you- oh, you can read his mind when he's on the ground. Like, I thought that was like a, particularly good moment for the power where like after you beat him as like the wolf or whatever monster he's just laying there and you can read his mind and he's like whatever his internal monologue it just felt like a really genuine mm-hmm. uh moment that i really liked yeah and god i love and the fact that like ryan is every monster you can tell is sort of like tied to the fact that uh, this this group of people of Alex, Steph, and uh, and Ryan are they are like the core group of friends that mm-hmm. each of them have, and because Alex has already been like harangued into being his com- his bard companion, she was like, "Sorry, you're the only one <laughs> left." Yeah, to now play every single monster. Uh, it was great. I thought it was really cute. I thought it was really funny. Uh, I love the inclusion of things like. The fact that the bar is all done up and in this goofy way with like fucking Halloween decorations, severed hands. Yeah, the record store is the best one, I think. It was like a potion shop. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also just like some guys who are not participating and just like oh, sitting just on around benches. the town. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. I love that it is just like this is as close to the real life thing that you could get in a video game, Yep, which is, I think it's that layer of abstraction yeah, that it, I find funny. It works in this series. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels at home. So it's definitely like a great idea. I think. Mm-hmm. Also, if you were committed to Steph as, uh, the relationship choice, the sequence in the potion shop is like the, it is like the most, uh, chef's kiss, like adorable moment. Yeah, where you offer your hand in marriage to her. Yeah, for this for the jewel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So no, it, it just I don't know. I think as a character, because like I, we have talked about this, we talked about it in the first game, talked about it in the second game in relation to the first game, and then we're talking about it now. We love these games for their characters, and this is the character building chapter because none of the weird fucking mining plot stuff mm-hmm. happens until the very end. Uh, so you get this big sequence where all you do is just learn more about Alex and how she feels about everybody. Uh, she's really good. She's real, real good. Uh, and then you get a sick ass boss battle at the yeah. end. Um, I will say, I also really love this chapter, but a piece of criticism I will uh, offer up against it though, is that it does kind of feel like, it's included at the overall game's expense. Uh, oh, because... looks like you're the hater saying it's <laughs> no, filling. No, I love the I'm part, joking. like, as its own thing. <laughs> but, like, it does kind of feel like, okay, well, let's just put the game on pause and have this, like, really cool section where you just do, like, a LARP. Right. Um, because it, it goes on really long, and you're right, it's good for character building and stuff, but it doesn't really further the plot really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a, obviously a lot of production value and time went into it. It, it. it feels like it's included, yeah, like to the 
detriment of other aspects of the game. It feels like it's maybe a bit of a vanity thing. Yeah. Like they just wanted to put in D&D into the game. That is kind of what it feels like. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well go all out. And they did. True. I would, I would be curious as to see, and I'm sure there's a YouTube video of this. What happens if you just like let Ethan get killed in combat? I'd never thought about it, but... Yeah, they make it, like, almost impossible to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it would be very amusing to see. Yeah. I feel like it was the one, um, like, item on the ground uh, to mind read, or to emotion read uh, achievement thing. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you find the stuff around the environment um, that I missed. There was, like, a dollar on the ground. And for some reason, I didn't realize you could, like, interact with it. And then I walked into the boss fight, and I was like, oh, if it doesn't let me go back for that dollar, I'm going to be pissed. And then it doesn't. <laughs> I was like, god damn it. I don't want to have to replay the whole chapter to get that. Yeah, no, that would be that would be ridiculous. I missed a lot of this. So oh, I'm yeah. not, uh, I was not pissed. I think I may have gotten the dollar, though. I don't yeah. remember. I was just annoyed by that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the big choice in this chapter, uh, if we're done talking about the LARP, yeah. Yeah, uh, is whether or not you take the a- Charlotte's anger from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never asked you this question, but did you do that? I did. Okay. Um, I feel like, based on the statistics, I feel like I did the opposite of what a lot of people do. Because <laughs> I took her anger... Um, I mean, it seemed because it seemed really, like, messed up. Like, she's like, I hate my son. Yeah. It's, like, really dramatic and some raw shit. Uh, So I was like, I'm going to, like, take her anger. Like, I feel like the ethics of these kinds of questions are, like, pretty complex and everything. But this one definitely feels like it falls on the side of, like, I should take it from her here. Um, But the statistics at the end said that, like, the vast majority of people didn't. Mm. Um, And then I didn't take the fear from the cop in the next episode. And most people did do that. So Right. (laughs) I didn't take either. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Which I realize now means that I just chose not to interact with that part of the game for Mm. some reason. I think I didn't take the fear because I already had so much of it. Which is why yeah. I didn't take any additional... Uh, I was afraid of what would happen if I took the anger. Yeah. And I was also afraid of what would happen if I took the fear. Uh, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. Though, I think what that eventually led to is that he didn't stand up for me in the end mm-hmm. sequence. Like, the cop didn't. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any other effect to that. Yeah, I know with the anger... Um that what ends up happening is you go back to your apartment to not Gabe's apartment mm-hmm. and um, you get into an argument with Steph and Ryan because you're angry. And, and right. for me, uh, I won the foosball game against Steph. So I had the trophy and Alex takes it and throws it and breaks it against the wall. Oh, wow. Cause she's pissed. Um, so that's what happens with that, but that's it. Uh, okay. That's and not, she uh... also didn't take my side in the end. Uh, so I don't know what else I missed with her, but yeah, yeah, uh... our relationship was not at S rank. <laughs> it was a uh, definitely. Wait, you mean Charlotte didn't take your side? No. Okay. I right. mean, I do mean that she did not take my side. Right. Uh, yeah, she did take. I 
am a little bit disappointed if the result is just certain people do or do not take your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on that, and then a slightly different sequence uh, at in the very same chapter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's a little questionable if that's the case. But, yeah. Because that is basically what you've described is what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting, though. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's chapter three. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, at this stage, where is the conspiracy here? Because this is, you get the flash drive at the end of, of three and go through all of the yeah you get it cracked yeah and you mm-hmm. go through all of the phone calls um yeah you get the proof yeah that uh that uh you can tell how much i engaged with this this conspiracy <laughs> uh plot line uh and then you end up at it in the fourth one you you have the festival and you end up getting uh taken uh you get arrested or whatever right. taken in for questioning for stealing the flash drive mm-hmm. um so yeah it, nothing really happens with it in the third episode yeah it, other than you just get the flash drive cracked for you right yeah you get to go through the phone calls and i think like you find the one where he calls in the uh like the fact that they were out there and yeah. to put put off, and the you find demolition. some e- emails as well that relate to it. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a phone conversation where Mac orders a pizza, which yeah. is <laughs> like I love that kind of stuff, and I'm glad that it was like all present there for me to to peruse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did. I think that's part of the reason why Chapter Three feels really long is because yeah. if you don't just beeline to the things that are important, you can spend a very long time reading really inconsequential shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. I I do like that sequence because it does feel like you're investigating. I guess. Yeah, and it, it I do think it actually enhances it a little to be put after the LARP. Like it, 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 like the contrast gives it a little bit more weight. Yeah, like up oh, fantasy's over. Put the kids to bed. <laughs> now we gotta bust out the flash drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now we'll actually get into I think like the main, what the game wants to be about, like the plot part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the fourth, the fourth episode, a lot of it is spent sort of like at the fair, uh, but not really a ton happens. Uh, but it, this is the sequence where you get to choose between ryan and uh you choose your fighter between yeah, ryan and Steph, give rose to your to your true love uh-huh uh which is good that they make it like really obvious that that's what you're doing mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's lame that they make it really obvious that that's what they're doing <laughs> it feels like a natural way though because mm-hmm. it's like part of the festival or whatever yeah and it had been like sort of described in places leading up to that mm-hmm. uh so that's good uh, also, there's a just a whole music video for Blister in the Sun. Yeah. Just in the middle of this, uh, <laughs> you play that song. Uh, and you also play Creep in the first episode. That is true. Yeah, it's... Uh, kind of weird. Yeah, the, ga- the, the songs that you yourself play that are not, like, part of the ambient soundtrack are... Uh, extremely the songs that you expect to be in a life is strange game it was really weird because life is strange games have always had real music in them but Mm. they're like more diegetic usually 
or non-diegetic, I mean. Yeah. Um, and just to have Max sing a Radiohead, or not Max, Alex, Alex. sing a Radiohead song, we, it just was, I don't know, it just felt really weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are more non-diegetic, but, like, there's a sequence in the first game where Listen you're on the, the bus eyes. and you've got the, yeah, and you put the the headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they try and give a reason, I guess, sort of. But, yeah, most yeah, of the yeah. time it's just playing ambiently in the background. Yeah, it's not an actual complaint. It just kind of, like, felt weird. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because I feel like zero of the songs in this game that aren't sung by Alex are real songs. Yeah. Or rather, they are real songs, it, but they have bizarre names. It stands out in contrast, yeah, like, to those kinds of details. Like, at the record store, it's, like, 98% fake bands. Right. And then there will be, like, one real one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's a sequence in the first episode also where you fucking dance around to a uh, Kings of Leon Yeah, song. it's Kings of Leon. That's yeah. the one. It's strange. Uh, and, like, my personal music tastes or whatever. Like, I don't really like the Kings of Leon, but I think that that sequence works. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, like, it's it felt weird to me that they had a whole sequence of you playing Blister in the Sun, which is a song I do like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that one felt like th- it was it it's was more a appropriate moment. because yeah. it's like you're playing it at a at a carnival or whatever yeah like a reason for you to get on stage and play a song sure uh, you were being forced to <laughs> yeah uh Right, so then you get arrested. Yeah. Uh, but not for copyright infringement, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, stealing the flash drive. Which, this is probably the most boneheaded thing that your character does in the whole game, where you just are like, here it is, the <laughs> stolen flash drive. Yeah, like, you all call the about it before. Yeah. But it's like, why do this? Like, I get you found I the think... evidence, but you just, like, call the one lazy cop. <laughs> And they're like, we have the evidence to bring down this major mining corporation. Can call a lawyer. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's to emphasize the fact that they're young mm. and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> At least that's what it did for me. You yeah, know? like it's easy to it's easy to think of the characters as like the same age as you. Sure. With these sorts of things, so like I think it. it yeah, it just kind of brings that back into perspective that she's like 19 or no she has to be 21 yeah she does 10 bar yeah she's so. old enough to know that this she's, is information like, you should take to a lawyer i was, it, yeah, I was thinking she was 18 because she had just been in foster care right but i guess maybe she's been out for a few years before her brother found her maybe i don't know Nick, because there's that sequence at the beginning of the game where you're like have because the game opens with you having a conversation with your therapist right um and she's like i'm leaving i'm gonna go meet my brother and they're like what do they know about your condition right uh and so she was definitely i mean maybe she was just like be it's weird that she would be in foster care at that age right as opposed to I don't know, because it just comes off as regular therapy at the beginning. It's yeah. only later that, that you kind of get the uh, the full story. Mm-hmm. God, that is such a question. Yeah. How old maybe, is Alex? Maybe in the fictional Life is Strange universe, uh, the drinking age is 18. That would, that would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> so get on that. We need to pass legislation to make the drinking age 18. Yeah. So the game makes a little bit more sense. 
But anyway, uh, uh, not to uncover that little uh, <laughs> detail. But uh, yeah, all, all I was trying to say is like it made Alex seem young mm. and out of her league. For sure. And definitely was. Uh, I don't know. I get in because in my playthrough in the the with the choices I made, I felt like that scene didn't really lead to all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the fifth chapter picks up with you, with you. I may be forgetting something. Because is it the end of the fourth chapter where Jed tries to fucking yeah. assassinate you? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that scene still doesn't lead to much, because you do just get... And you going to the mines. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Jed does then take you out to the mines, like, after you come back to Mm -hmm. the apartment, and fucking does the old push Yeah, push you down a mine shaft. Yeah. Uh, and, And then, I think, is when the fifth chapter actually occurs. Yeah. Yeah. So... This sequence is very cool, in my opinion. Um, not the part where you wander through a cave, but, like, the parts that are happening inside of uh, Alex's mind. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of wish they would have gone further. And you uh, actually got to, like, see a flashback. Yeah. And play through it, or, you know, yeah, cause sort we, of thing. What you end up with is, like, this very cool, like, indie game-ass abstract therapist's office section Mm -hmm. where you're going through and like nothing is like normal and you have to like fix the guitar and right right, get a key to a door and leave leave the room yeah that felt very life is strange one Mm -hmm. but then you end up in this uh like series of flashbacks where you're like uh you with your mother as she's dying and then the sequence with your dad and how he like left and shit. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it like kind of, it turns out that your dad also came to Haven Springs at a very, it's a small world mm-hmm. uh, moment. And you're like, and he died and Gabe took his place. And then Gabe <laughs> died and he took his place. It's a long lineage. It is a lineage of family members replacing each other mm-hmm. uh, in a confusing manner. Um, so how do you feel about this last chapter? Uh, I, I liked it um, well enough. Um, I think uh, I don't. I like like you were saying. I feel like they wish they would have done a little bit more um, to keep going back to the well that is the first game. Like the fifth chapter felt like it was really like meaty. Yes. Uh, and this felt kind of like really brisk. Yeah. I in the end, I feel like the fifth chapter, with everything I just described, ends up being like a little weak. Yeah, it's like one of my least favorite parts. I think mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like you progress relationships because it is trying to. Now you're to basically an end. by yourself the whole time. Yeah, so you end up sort of wandering a bit, and then it just sort of like works itself out mm-hmm. in a really serendipitous and strange kind of way. Yeah, in a life is strange kind of way. In a life is strange kind of way. Uh, but how many? I'm curious. People took your side against jed at the end uh i think it was everyone except for uh the cop oh really yeah i think only two people took my side wow Uh, i I don't remember steph and it was i think eleanor eleanor no not it was somebody else but i don't remember 
It was maybe Mac. Was is Mac even there? I'm trying to remember. I think, it was only two characters though that took my side. Right. If I don't remember if Mac was there, I would have to like go back and look at my statistics to be sure. Yeah. Because I feel like I did not complete if because Eleanor is on the panel. Yeah. And I didn't complete her goal to the end. Right. I don't, know I don't think I did either. But um. But I know Ducky did. Yeah. Uh, and I know that Charlotte did. Yeah. Anyway, throw my hands up. I don't uh, remember. What I don't remember. It, it, it almost made me feel like there was like a chunk of the game that like I had just missed somehow. Because <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like only two people were on my side at the end. Yeah. Well, you did apparently need to take the fear. Right. For, in order Which to I get him. Do, yeah. yeah. So that's not really you missing a part. That's just like a binary choice right. that affected the ending in a way that you had no way of. Yeah, knowing. but like, I don't know what else I could have done with Charlotte to make her be on my side. So what in the end then? Because like my ending, where I believe I got most people to vote for me. Uh huh. It was like basically there's an article printed in the town paper that's like you're a hero and a bunch of people asking you to do interviews with them oh. because you get the company shut down okay that didn't happen that did not happen no. okay i might like your ending better uh, i might need to go you fuck just, around you just more. basically confront him by yourself um you gotta go into his mind and make him like cha- have a change of heart Right. No, that does still yeah, happen. But then, like, no, I don't think there's any like fanfare for you afterwards. Oh wow, lame. <laughs> Unless I'm just forgetting it. Okay. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that did not happen. Yeah, I do. I'm like trying to go a little bit faster because I know we're running long in the yeah. second half. But like, I do like the sequence where you were talking to Jed. Yeah. Though it feels like, God, where did all of this like come from to some extent? Mm-hmm. Um. But it does, like, it feels impactful in the moment, and I think that's kind of what matters. I think it's weird that Jed just kind of sits there and takes it. Yeah. Like, I think there should have been a bit more of a dialogue, but I don't think that's, like, the energy they wanted for the scene. Right. It almost kind of feels like time stops a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, you're in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> there's then a sequence, and I don't know if this played out the same way for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um at the end of the game where you talk to Gabe's force ghost mm-hmm. and he just tells you what one of the endings would be if you chose it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is something I was really curious what you thought, uh, what your thoughts were on the, the final ending choice, mm-hmm. um, which is whether or not to stay or to leave mm-hmm. uh, the town. It, it just, it felt like so much of a non choice um, because <laughs> they aren't mutually exclusive. Like, going on the road and leaving doesn't mean you can't ever come back. Yeah. And so, staying does not mean that you can't ever leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird, because it felt like it was presented as, like, a one or the other kind of choice. Yeah. It... So, yeah, I chose to, to go on the road mm-hmm. with Steph. And I actually chose to stay. Yeah, I was surprised that, like, I think it was, like, 78% of people stayed. Wow. See, I thought that I was going rogue oh, yeah. by choosing to stay because I felt like because Gabe just gives you a big long speech mm-hmm. about what would happen if you stayed uh, made me think like, I feel like they're pushing me to leave because oh, I already really? have the, like, I already know what happens I, if I stay. I feel like it was the opposite. Like they were trying to get you to pick it 
by showing you how awesome it was. <laughs> I guess I think maybe we have different. Which is why, yeah. Which here. is why I one of the things that pushed me to do the opposite. I'm like, I'm not going to do what the game tells me to do. Uh, I still think, admittedly, I still think this is a better ending choice than the one in Life is Strange too. Um, which, which also feels like a non-ending. Hmm. This doesn't. I don't know if I agree with that actually, but we'll see. Uh, hear me out. Here's, sure, sure. <laughs> My rationale here is: I feel like this game didn't want the ending choice to be a big thing, right? And so it presents you with two really normal human options of stay in the town that you live in or go somewhere else, uh-huh. which is a thing people choose to do all the time. My problem is I don't like that they tell you everything that happens in the oh, yeah. one ending before you choose. It's very weird. Because if you're someone like me, that pushes me to want to choose to leave just so that I know what happens in both cases. Right. But then I tried to big brain it and uh-huh. go, maybe it'll turn out way different than what Gabe said if mm-hmm. I choose to stay. Uh, and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just is what he did, what he told you it was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh so it's weird. It's a weird choice, and also it's weird that Steph bought fucking bus tickets already. Yeah. And then just tears them up, <laughs> like, the day of. Uh, I don't know. And, well, and also there's a sequence of Ryan acting sad. If you right, choose to yeah. leave. I know this. <laughs> it's a unique system. I know this. Um, but, yeah, I, I, feel like, I, I feel like I kind of agree with the idea of, like, going in a different direction and like making the final choice like not super significant mm-hmm. i just kind of feel like they botched it okay <laughs> um it may be overcorrected or the really bizarre decision to just show you what happens <laughs> uh that's another thing that sitting here thinking about it now is weirder than i thought it was mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of know what happens if you choose not to yeah. save Arcadia Bay. <laughs> uh, it will get exploded, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, I just it, it, it felt like a weird note to end on. Yeah, and the only reason that I say that I like it better than how Life is Strange Two did it is because we all thought that it was a non-choice as well. Yeah, uh, but like for completely different reasons. Sure. Like, but, I think it worked for the story. Yeah, I would much rather have a non-choice after a satisfying build-up to it mm-hmm. than a non-choice in that presents itself like it somehow isn't. Sure. I don't know. But that that might be more of, like, a meta read than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the ending of this game without really liking the, like, having there be a choice in the endings. Yeah. Like, I just like that the game sort of, like peters out and becomes regular life yeah i I feel like it shouldn't have had the choice honestly Mm -hmm. yeah just like buck the trend force force you to stay or go without Mm -hmm. well you wouldn't get the sequence of steph tearing up the bus tickets (laughs) yeah which might be a good thing i don't know haven't figured it out yet Mm -hmm. do we have feelings thoughts Imagine that, like, feelings and then, like, a slash uh-huh. thoughts. It's like... I was, I was thinking empathic thoughts. It doesn't start with an F. No. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my feelings thoughts are... I, I feel like I'm a little conflicted about this game. Um, I liked it, but I feel like I want to like it more than I did. Because mm-hmm. uh, the first one's one of my favorite games, and... 
I also feel like I'm a little bit more high on this than I would have been otherwise because Life is Strange 2 was bad. So this one looks better by comparison. Fair. But I, I do feel like this one's not going to stick with me as much um, if I'm like thinking forward to the future. Um, and I think the biggest reason is because of, like I said um, earlier, is like the story pacing. Like I feel like that's really what... Um, this lacks when if you want to compare it directly with the first one is that like like i said it's just as long but it feels like so much less happens like a lot of the sequences feel really short like so like i think like episode four and five felt like really short to me yeah um like yeah like you just kind of like went through them and I, you didn't get those slow paced like interactions like i wanted more interactions with the characters um but i mean definitely uh great improvements though over the second one like they, they'd got the spirit of life is strange right mm-hmm. which is the most important thing i think um yeah and i want i'm want to see what they do next like i don't know if they're going to keep working on this franchise but like i i i like what they like deck nine managed to do with this and i think they did mostly like kind of redeem the life is strange name in my eyes um, not to be too over dramatic, sure. <laughs> about Life is Strange too, but um, yeah. So I I liked this game a lot, but I couldn't shake that kind of feeling of like wanting a little bit more out of it, which isn't totally fair to the game. But um, yeah, I guess those are my my feelings, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, when it comes to something like this, you can't really like. It, it's not necessarily about being to the game when you're talking about just sort of how you feel about it mm-hmm. which is why i'm gonna be overly fair to the game so i really <laughs> loved this game uh i thought that this was uh kind of a return to form um after finishing it like the for the like day or so after i was on such a high about it i was like i might like this better than the first one mm-hmm. even if i like mentally think that Life is Strange 1 is, like, a much better designed game. I think that Life is Strange 3 really plays to uh, my interests a lot. I think that it it does a lot of things that I really liked about the other Life is Strange games. Um, And I also, I feel like this game plays to the, like, Twitter and the subreddit crowds who are going to want to focus on the character interaction and less so on the overarching stuff. Um, and want to draw fan art of fucking Jed and Ducky getting it on or whatever. Uh, and that's like totally fine. I think for people to, for them want them feeling like they should focus on the things that the fans connect with. But in the end, it feels like they had this story. They really wanted to make the central arc of the game and they got into it so quickly without spending the time with the characters uh that like that is how the first game became so good Mm -hmm. so i like this game because of the character interactions but because they focused on them it made them push the actual plot way into the background for the whole game where it is like just the second thing you do in every chapter it's like you do all the stuff with all the people and then there's a little bit about the mining company and then you do that all the way up until the end. Uh, it's, I don't know. 
I agree with your, it is better paced, but also has a weird story pacing than the second one. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, ups and downs, but they're all layered on top of each other, which ends up being a weird straight line. Yeah, it's not as cohesive of a mix. Yeah. And that was, and nothing I've said so far has been as cohesive of a sentence. So I do like this game for all the wrong reasons, I think is how I want to end it. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to... Well, next thing that you will hear from us will probably be the No Clip Awards 2022 uh, or 2021. I don't know how we've been numbering <laughs> these. <laughs> uh, I think it's 2021. Yeah. Because it was the 2021 games. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so early, early January, you should hear from us about what games we liked and what games we liked the balls in. And uh, then after that, uh, you'll hear us talk about Metroid Dread. Uh, which came out just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the it is the next sequel 2D Metroidvania game in the Metroid franchise. Mm-hmm. Kind of came out of nowhere. A little bit, yeah. I don't think anyone expected a sequel to Fusion to just kind of come out. <laughs> yeah, after they had announced uh, Prime Four like yeah. so long ago. Uh, but maybe we'll talk about that when that episode comes out. Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro, where you can find our email address, our Twitter account, the Discord, where you can suggest games for us to talk about uh, or talk about the games that we've already talked about. Uh, the YouTube channel, where you can find all of our old episodes, including episodes on Life is Strange and Life is Strange. Uh, <laughs> and Grim Fandango. Yeah. I don't know. That's an adventure game. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're on Google Podcasts. It's called that now instead of Google Play. Weird of them to do that. Replace Gabe in the comment section. Push the subscribe button down a mine shaft. Mm-hmm. Steal someone's anger in the comment section to keep all of the negative emotions out of there. Guess the correct number of likes in the jar, and you'll win a subscription to the No Clip <laughs> Podcast. Okay, it's staying in the green. You're not clipping to the yellow. Yeah, but like, is it going to clip? Oh, it actually isn't going to clip when I talk like yeah. that. What if I talk passionately about time splitters? <laughs> even even <laughs> at your most passionate talking about time splitters, it did not clip into the yellow. What a perfect future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally living up to our namesake, not clipping. Yep. <laughs>